Due to the sensitive nature of today's material, listener discretion is advised. This episode includes graphic descriptions of animal killings. We advise extreme caution for children under 13. On the chilly morning of May 15, 1999, Tom Miller walked through his windswept cattle ranch in the San Luis Valley in Colorado. When he checked on his livestock, he spotted a cow lying in the middle of the pasture, dead. It was disappointing, but as a second-generation rancher, Miller knew cattle deaths were par for the course. However, this animal's demise was far from normal. As Miller got closer, he realized its eye sockets were now two gaping holes. Its tongue, ears, and sex organs were also missing. Perhaps most chilling, the carcass was completely drained of blood, all 10 gallons of it, not a drop to be found. Miller gazed on the lifeless body in disbelief. In 62 years of farming, he'd never seen anything so bizarre. There were no other markings and no signs of a struggle. Whoever or whatever did this had to be either a remarkable surgeon or a very calculated predator. He called the local sheriff, figuring somebody must be targeting him. Little did he know, his cow was just one of thousands. This brutal phenomenon was taking place across the entire country. Welcome to Conspiracy Theories, a Spotify original from Parcast. Every Monday and Wednesday, we dig into the complicated stories behind the world's most controversial events and search for the truth. I'm Carter Roy. And I'm Molly Brandenburg. And neither of us are conspiracy theorists. But we are open-minded, skeptical, and curious. Don't get us wrong. Sometimes the official version is the truth. But sometimes it's not. You can find episodes of Conspiracy Theories and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free on Spotify. This is our first episode on the strange spread of cattle mutilations beginning in the 1970s. Across America's heartland, an unknown killer slaughtered thousands of innocent animals. Authorities never apprehended the culprit, and the mutilations continue to occur up until this day. This time, we'll dissect the gruesome yet fascinating surgical acts performed on these cows. We'll also follow a community of terrified ranchers as they track down the wrongdoer, while getting help from psychics, prison inmates, and the FBI. Next time, we'll tackle a few of the conspiracy theories surrounding the phenomenon. Some think the mutilations were a ritual performed by a satanic cult, Others blame a hairy predator with a hungry appetite known as the chupacabra, while some believe this was the work of extraterrestrials who experimented on the bodies in order to save humanity from ourselves. We have all that and more coming up. Stay with us. This episode is brought to you by Terminix. There's one thing we can all agree on. Dealing with pests is a pain. But luckily, Terminix can help, because when pests show up, so does Terminix. With over 95 years of experience, they have what it takes to take on any pest problem fast. So if your home or business has pests, don't stress it. 
Terminix it. Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today. That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X.com. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. Bottling everything up can be really bad for you in the long run and have some terrible consequences. And this isn't a conspiracy theory. The more you let things build up, the more of a toll it can take on your mental health. I know for me, in dealing with some traumatic events in my life, I had the tendency to think, well, they've already happened. I'm okay. Other people have it worse. It doesn't matter much. And through therapy, was really able to understand how those events impacted me and changed how I'd start to see the world in ways that weren't great and were sometimes making my life worse. So therapy or dealing with any traumatic events you've had might really help you in terms of how you can live in the present moment now. So if you want to give therapy a try, check out BetterHelp. It's entirely online, convenient, and flexible. It's also really easy to get started. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com conspiracy today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash conspiracy. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all, but it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. The first bovine were domesticated back in 8500 BCE in Southwest Asia. But today, there are over one billion cows on the planet, and they've become a multi-billion dollar industry. In the heartland of America, areas like Montana, Wyoming, and Colorado, the job of a cattle rancher requires a dedication and love for the land. But it's also a challenging one. For farmers who pour their heart and money into their livestock, one small mishap with their cows can set their investment back for months. Ranchers must be vigilant against all sorts of challenges. Drought, rising farm prices, even cattle theft. Today, cattle rustlers hoist the animals onto their trucks in the middle of the night and take off before farmers wake the next day. Then, they sell the animals for upwards of $3,000 apiece. Many early ranchers branded their cattle to avoid this. That way, if a thief tried to auction the cow, people would know it was stolen, and exactly from who. So the rustlers needed another method if they wanted to take home the beef. Sometimes they killed the cattle right there on the pasture. They'd slice them up under the cover of darkness and make off with the cuts. And in 1967, a nurse who we'll call Mrs. Johnson thought she caught one of these thieves red-handed. Johnson was a private woman who, outside of her job, mostly kept to herself. One morning, she noticed something had been butchering her cattle on her farm in Gallipolis, Ohio. Apparently, it had happened in the middle of the night. Even more disturbing, the rustlers had expert precision. They'd severed the cow in two. It was as if it had been cut across the belly with a giant pair of scissors. 
When the nurse looked over the dead animal, she expected the cow's torso to be sliced up and removed, since that's where the prime meat was. But for some reason, it was left untouched. The cow's brain, organs, and blood were missing instead, parts that certainly weren't valuable enough for the effort, at least not to ordinary thieves. Johnson filed a complaint with the Gallup Police PD, but her concerns fell on deaf ears. So she took matters into her own hands. One evening, when she suspected the rustlers were outside, the nurse grabbed her shotgun. Johnson ran into the night, firearm waving, and that's when she spotted them. A group of men on her pasture, all wearing white coveralls. Up until now, the rustlers had avoided capture, but tonight, she wouldn't let them get away. The nurse underestimated the team. She watched them jump over a high fence with no running start, as if shooting straight into the air. After they were gone, the only thing left was another dead cow. The following day, Johnson asked the elderly couple who'd been sharing her property if they knew about the thieves. What they told her only raised more questions. Supposedly, strange sightings had been occurring around the farm for the last 30 years. In the distant fields, the couple often saw hovering lights that looked like, quote, a lantern on a stick that somebody waves back and forth in the hills. Perhaps there was more to the mutilations than common thieves. And Johnson wasn't the only one losing her cattle. Morbid scenes like this popped up all across the Midwest. Complaints of mutilated animals began flooding the newspapers. Often, the livestock was found lying on its side in the middle of an open field. An eye socket cleanly gouged from the bone, the left ear sliced off, and its jawline completely skinned. Sometimes the tongue or lips were removed. Organs like the udders were cut off, and the carcasses were often drained of blood. The cows looked like an impromptu autopsy gone horribly wrong. By the late 60s, early 70s, the problem became so ubiquitous, police had to take it seriously. After looking at the dead livestock, most officials chalked the mutilations up to predators, coyotes, wolves, even bears. But the ranchers knew better. Typically, when cows are killed by another animal, there are signs of a struggle. But these cases were different. There were no animal bite marks and no additional paw prints in the area. Plus, the wounds on the animals didn't seem like the work of a coyote, wolf, or bear. The cuts were so precise, it appeared the cow's eye sockets and jawlines had been cauterized or burned shut. Which is why some farmers believed the incisions weren't from a knife, but instead from some type of laser. Not to mention, some of these cows weighed upwards of 1,300 pounds and contained nearly 10 gallons of blood. No predator could drain a cow's corpse overnight. While some farmers still blamed thieves, others believed it was a sick prank. Either way, the fallout was no laughing matter. One U.S. senator claimed the mutilation wave had cost farmers nearly $3 million. Something had to be done. In 1974, the Cascade County Sheriff's Department in Montana launched an investigation to sort through the chaos. Deputy Sheriff Keith Wolverton was the one in charge. 
Like many ranchers, the grizzled Wolverton took an interest in the mutilations. He believed, with his skills, the case could be resolved within a matter of weeks, except he had no idea what he was in for. Wolverton enlisted the help of veterinarians, pathologists, and toxicologists to examine the corpses in several of these cases. Despite all the tests they conducted, not one autopsy could explain who killed the animals or what they died from. But then, a major hint flew into Wolverton's lab. On farms all across the country, people had also been reporting mysterious, unmarked helicopters whipping through the night sky, their lights beaming onto the prairie below. In Minnesota, one rancher reported a low-flying aircraft over his herd. Another woman in Jersey County, Illinois, saw something similar rise out of a field of cattle. A farmer in Iowa witnessed a dark green chopper flying over the pasture. Days later, 35 of his cows went missing. The high-tech helicopters were straight out of a spy movie. They showed up, then disappeared just as quickly. Even more confusing, many of them never made a sound. Something dawned on Wolverton. Since the choppers only appeared over cattle ranches, they had to be related to the mutilations. He took a small team of officers to patrol the Montana roads at night, watching the sky for any sign of the silent helicopters. Weeks went by with no leads. Until finally, Wolverton received a letter from a psychic in Arkansas. The deputy sheriff had a good reason to trust the man. He allegedly helped the police solve homicide cases in the past. But on that day, he wasn't writing about a murder. He claimed to know exactly how the cattle and mysterious aircraft were connected and who was behind it. Coming up, a vision of highly trained operatives. You tell yourself it's only a movie. None of this could ever happen to you. You feel relieved until you discover what you're watching is based on actual events. Hi, listeners. It's Vanessa and Greg from the Spotify original from Parcast, Serial Killers. In our Halloween special, Real Horror, we're spotlighting three of the most iconic horror films of all time and telling the terrifying true stories that inspired them. Recovering the real influences behind characters like Ghostface from the 90s mega-hit Scream, Hannibal Lecter and Buffalo Bill from the Oscar-winning thriller The Silence of the Lambs, and Leatherface from the 70s cult classic The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Enjoy Real Horror, the serial killer's three-part Halloween special. Listen to all three episodes the final week of October, free and only on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Terminix. Terminix can't help you solve the world's biggest mysteries or take on alien life. At least, not the ones you're thinking of. But they can help take care of pesky invaders in your home. Like the ants in your kitchen, the roaches under your sink, and the termites in the walls. Because when pests show up, so does Terminix. No matter what type of bug it is, they can Terminix it fast with personalized pest care that puts you in control. And with over 95 years of experience, 
it's no wonder they're trusted by homes and businesses everywhere. So if you have a pest problem, don't stress it. Terminix it. Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today. That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X.com. Now back to the story. When farmers reported a wave of cattle mutilations across the Midwest in the early 1970s, Montana Deputy Sheriff Keith Wolverton took on the investigation. He thought it would be an open-and-shut case, but once mysterious helicopters entered the equation, Wolverton realized he was in over his head. So he roped in the help of an Arkansas man with the gift of extrasensory perception, The psychic confirmed Wolverton's suspicions. The mutilations and aircraft were connected, and he could see who was behind it. Using his gift, he gleaned the choppers were piloted by sinister, highly trained operatives wearing tight-fitting black jumpers and masks. They came equipped with canisters to carry blood and bags to collect animal parts. He also believed their crafts possessed multi-frequency scanners, equipment that detected police from afar. This helped them stay under the radar and avoid capture. He also had an idea of how their operation worked. As the helicopters hovered over the cattle, covert surgeons leapt out and swiftly performed the procedure before hoisting the spoils back onto the chopper. He wondered if there weren't any footprints because the squad was wearing some kind of special shoe which left no tracks. But when Wolverton pushed him to locate the aircraft, or the people on it, the psychic was at a loss. To Wolverton, the whole situation seemed ridiculous and left many unanswered questions. Still, this was the only lead he had. He couldn't help but wonder, were these technologically savvy thieves, or were they something else entirely? And the problem was nothing new. In 1973, less than a year before Wolverton officially began his investigation, Newsweek magazine published a feature on the cattle mutilation epidemic. In the article, ranchers recounted vivid stories of the horrors they'd seen. And just a couple months later the slayings got worse. Between December 1973 and January 1974, 44 cows were found mutilated on Kansas's Highway 81. It was one of the largest and most baffling cases in the state. The animals were scattered along the road. Their sex organs, skin, ears, tongues, and rectums had all been removed. When the people of Kansas learned about the massacre, they panicked. Between the dismembered cattle and unmarked helicopters cruising overhead, many ranchers worried they'd be next. The paranoia spread like an epidemic amongst farmers across the country. They armed themselves to the teeth, no longer content with plain defense. Now they were prepared to go after the culprits, And sometimes it exploded into violence. When a rancher in Illinois saw a helicopter hovering over his ranch, he fired several warning shots into the air. The people in the aircraft shot back before abruptly fleeing the scene. More mutilations appeared in Montana, Kansas, Nebraska, and Iowa. 
Both farmers and police believed it was simply cattle thieves trying to scare people out of business. However, according to the story of a woman named Judy Doherty, it seems the cops had it wrong. These weren't cattle raiders looking to turn a profit. In fact, these weren't people interested in money at all. The surgeries were the work of extraterrestrials, which Doherty had witnessed firsthand. In May 1973, Doherty and her family spent the evening at a bingo parlor in Houston, Texas. On their drive home, they saw a bright light hovering in the night sky. They were so intrigued, they pulled over to the side of the road. But when the object zipped off into the darkness, the family continued home. Days later, Doherty began experiencing inexplicable headaches and intense anxiety. She visited several doctors, but none of them helped. So she tried something different. Hoping to get to the bottom of whatever was causing her stress, she saw a hypnotist. There, she underwent regression therapy to rediscover her unconscious memories. And what Doherty revealed shocked everyone. While in a trance, Doherty said she felt like she was in two places at once. She remembered being on the side of the highway where she and her family had stopped to watch the strange lights. But at the same time, she was also in a strange chamber aboard a UFO. On the other side of the room, two four-foot aliens with large heads performed a gruesome experiment. They methodically cut tissues from the eye, tongue, and testicles of a small calf. She'd never seen anything so disturbing. After the session, Doherty couldn't shake the image from her head, but there was a silver lining. Before this, she hadn't heard of the mutilations sweeping the nation. Now, she carried vital clues as to what was happening to the rancher's cattle. After another round of hypnosis, Doherty uncovered the alleged reasons behind the procedure. She explained the beings had been concerned about humanity ever since we began polluting the Earth with chemicals. Supposedly, the extraterrestrials were checking the cows for toxic substances and monitoring the levels for mankind's own safety. While Doherty's report was dismissed by authorities, farmers took notice. In fact, her account inspired an idea maybe they could use the cattle to bait aliens and catch one in the act. Eventually, a rancher in Montana lured the culprit right to his doorstep. When one of his cows died of natural causes, the farmer experimented by placing the animal near a bushy area, one only accessible through his own property. For a while, there was no activity, until one eerie night, his wife and daughter saw a large white and red light hovering over the cow. They felt confident it was a UFO. Similar to the helicopter sightings, the aircraft was quiet, and when the rancher rushed outside, it immediately vanished into the night. When he checked the dead cow, he found its corpse had, in fact, been mutilated, its udder removed. Again, Deputy Sheriff Keith Wolverton showed up to the scene. After sleepless nights chasing helicopters, he was now determined to get to the bottom of this madness. So the next night, he and his deputies returned with photographic equipment, intending to do a full stakeout. For hours, they waited. 
but nothing happened. The UFO was never spotted on that property again. It appeared these creatures were more difficult to catch than Wolverton anticipated. So for the time being, he turned his attention to other possible explanations, and they were equally as strange. In Missouri, farmers had reported seeing a large, hairy creature lurking in their trees, a seven-foot-tall monster that left behind a horrible smell. The local residents began calling it Momo. During that period, reports of livestock abductions also increased. Some ranchers believed Momo was behind the cattle killings and feasted on the meat. One day, when a young woman spotted Momo, she claimed it was holding a dead dog. Others proposed if Momo was hungry for canine meat, it was likely a fan of beef as well. As Missouri farmers monitored the elusive Momo, Texans were dealing with their own strange monster. This creature was hairless, with long hind legs, red eyes, sharp fangs, and spikes down his back. In hindsight, many think this was the legendary cryptid known as the Chupacabra. The Chupacabra, a Spanish name which translates to goat sucker, was first reported in Puerto Rico in 1995, nearly two decades later. Like Momo, this creature left behind a rancid sulfuric smell. Unlike Momo, the chupacabra was a vampiric beast. It pierced the animal with two puncture marks before sucking all of its blood. Looking back, some wonder if the creature was roaming Texas before Puerto Rico, during the time of these mutilations. Throughout the 1970s, a string of animals were found drained in the Rio Grande Valley. One Brownsville rancher reported finding his bull dead without a drop of blood left. And much like the Midwestern cattle killings, there were no footprints around the scene. Unfortunately, neither the Momo nor the Chupacabra were ever captured, which meant the slaughterings continued. Between reports of mythical monsters and spooky UFOs, Wolverton found himself with no shortage of odd leads. But most of them went nowhere. Just when the sheriff was about to give up, he received some indirect help from the last person he expected to help, a convicted criminal. In 1974, Albert Kenneth Bankston, an inmate in the Kansas Federal Penitentiary, claimed the mutilations were the work of devil-worshipping zealots. He called them the sons of Satan, and they had a mission to create hell on earth. The cult was led by a wealthy, fanatical leader who went by a single name, one ominous enough to strike fear into the hearts of men. Howard. Bankston said the group studied occult teachings and used animals as blood sacrifices for their rituals. But the ultimate goal was human sacrifice. He described how a typical mutilation would occur. The members shot a cow with a tranquilizer pellet, and when it collapsed, they approached the animal by walking on large pieces of cardboard to prevent leaving tracks. The occultists injected a stimulant into the cattle's nose to speed up its bodily functions, then withdrew blood through a veterinary syringe. 
In the final step of this calculated sacrifice, members remove the organs needed for their rituals. This revelation moved the case in an entirely new direction. Authorities went from hunting UFOs and cryptids to a more tangible predator, devil-worshipping terrorists. After the news reached Wolverton, he started looking into nearby sites suspected of holding ritualistic ceremonies. He found a few cult-related items in the mining town of Butte, Montana. Remnants of a fire pit, a five-pointed star, and a swastika. Local Forest Service members also reported seeing men wearing hooded robes in the area. Unfortunately, Wolverton couldn't find anything directly linking the occult to the cattle. But that didn't mean anything for the rest of the nation. When an article titled The Killer Cult Terrorizing Mid-America appeared in a men's magazine, signs of witchcraft were discovered on farms across the U.S. In September 1975, a rancher in Wilford, Idaho, saw a strange plaque on a telephone pole. On it was a picture of a black, temple-shaped object and some unreadable lettering. He assumed it belonged to a religious organization. A similar image showed up a few miles away in the city of Chester. In a three-and-a-half-week period beginning that September, authorities found 13 mutilated animals in Yellowstone National Park, just an hour's drive away. It still wasn't clear whether the Sons of Satan or any other cult were dismembering cattle in the night. But Bankston's story did open up the gates for deeper investigation and deeper pockets. In 1975, the federal government launched their own investigation, taking a closer look at satanic organizations nationwide. By 1979, the FBI had also created one of the nation's largest databases on cow deaths. They hoped it would help track patterns and ultimately find the cause. They dubbed it Operation Animal Mutilation, and their results stirred up the biggest controversy of all. Coming up, sheriffs spare no expense to explain the mystery. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all, but it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. Now back to the story. Between UFOs, cryptids, and satanic cults, there was no clear explanation for the nation's disfigured cattle, and there was still no end in sight. So in March 1979, the Albuquerque, New Mexico Division of the FBI held a conference to assess the potential reasons behind the killings. Desperate to find a solution, the FBI began Operation Animal Mutilation. Its job? To compile data and investigate cattle death cases in all relevant jurisdictions. With the agency's involvement, ranchers looked forward to finally getting some answers. They could rest assured the FBI was on the case. 
Former federal agent Kenneth Rommel essentially delayed his retirement so he could lead the charge. He'd been an FBI agent for 28 years, specializing in bank robberies and counter-espionage. But he didn't have any experience in livestock. He said he took the case purely out of intrigue. He set up shop in New Mexico and got to work building a catalog of newspaper and magazine articles, as well as law enforcement reports and photos. But from the outside looking in, Rommel didn't seem to be taking his work seriously. During a TV station interview, he joked, quote, If little green men are responsible for the mutilations, I'll bring them in by the ears. And when Rommel released a report on his findings in June 1980, it became clear he had an agenda of his own. He believed the real culprit was misinformation. He claimed the press issued irresponsible statements and drummed up hysteria. He made it his mission to discredit the exaggerated stories. Rommel had only studied 15 mutilations in person, just a small fraction of the many cases reported in the 1970s. With such little exposure, it's possible Rommel missed some important clues. More concerning, Rommel didn't fully examine the scenes he did visit. He claimed the sight of mutilated cattle made him physically ill. Which meant Rommel's report was a hodgepodge of other people's work from which he drew his own conclusions. One example was the Colorado State University lab assessments. They tested 19 cattle, nine of which were considered mutilated. The remainder apparently died of natural causes or were attacked by predators. Yet, Rommel chose to focus on the natural deaths, linking the bulk of the mutilations to everyday deterioration. He seemed to completely disregard any findings that appeared paranormal. In the case of a cow with a possible vampire puncture wound, Rommel simply wrote it was a rattlesnake bite, then closed the book. And when he found phenomena he couldn't explain, he just blamed the ranchers. For instance, reports showed a muscle relaxant called succinylcholine was found in the bloodstream of one mutilated horse. But instead of entertaining a possible cult connection, Rommel said it was the owner's fault. He accused the farmer of accidentally overdosing the animal, despite the fact the rancher didn't use chemicals on his livestock. When all else failed, Rommel simply left out the details he couldn't explain. His report often conflicted with state laboratories who'd actually tested the cows. And ultimately, he claimed the so-called mutilations were due to scavengers and predators. Many dubbed Operation Animal Mutilation a complete flop. Rommel's conclusions outraged the dozens of local authorities and ranchers who dedicated years to solving the issue. Farmers expressed anger at the waste of taxpayer dollars. Many weren't sure if Rommel actually wanted to know what was happening. Perhaps there was a conspiracy brewing, and the FBI agent was part of a cover-up. Luckily for these critics, the Royal Canadian Mounted Police, or the RCMP, was conducting their own investigations. Unlike Rommel, they hired a team of experts to take a closer look. They used veterinary pathologists who allegedly determined an intelligent being had committed at least some of the mutilations. 
American veterinarians and local law enforcement sided with the Canadian authorities. They believed the perpetrator had a surgical knowledge of a cow's anatomy. It seemed impossible that an animal could inflict these specific injuries by accident. The RCMP poked holes in Rommel's theories, criticizing his methods and his logic. And when an American investigator reached out to the RCMP about Rommel's report, they claimed he wasn't credible, especially given his lack of experience. The mounted police said if Rommel spent more time investigating firsthand, he may have come to a different conclusion. To them, it was clear that cult activity could at least be a possibility. The RCMP also seemed to suggest Rommel had an ulterior motive, but no one could say for sure. Either way, neither the RCMP nor Rommel came up with a definitive answer, nor could they get the mutilations to stop. However, after the report, the killings did subside for a bit, only to ramp up months later under even more puzzling circumstances. In 1985, a helicopter pilot reportedly flew over a farm in Fort Worth, Texas. When he looked down below, he saw 50 dead cows on the ground, laid out in a perfect circle. But later, when law enforcement responded to the scene, they didn't find any dead animals. Throughout the 80s, 90s, and early 2000s, cases like this popped up again and again all over the country. The heartland continued to be a hotbed for unsolved mutilations. Though ranchers still struggled with the phenomenon, reports were less likely to make the nightly news. But cows are still in danger, even today. Across the globe, farmers continue to find their cattle in gruesome states, their body parts removed, sexual organs missing, and blood drained. There's nothing they can do, and there's still no one to blame. Next time, we'll explore three conspiracy theories that offer a deeper understanding of who or what is behind the mutilations. Like conspiracy theory number one, the cow's organs are being used by satanic cults in elaborate rituals with the goal of ushering in the apocalypse. Or conspiracy theory number two, aliens are experimenting on cattle and have a larger, hidden agenda meant to change humankind. And finally, conspiracy theory number three. The mysterious monster, the chupacabra, has been bleeding animals dry for years, and the cow is just one of the items on its menu. The livelihood of a farm is totally dependent on its crops and its livestock. That's why it's so important to get to the meat of the matter. And if we don't solve this mystery soon, we might have a lot more on our plate. For now, it's only animals that are dismembered, dissected, and left to die. But the next victim could be us. Thanks for tuning in to Conspiracy Theories. We'll be back next time to discuss the juicy conspiracy theories around cattle mutilation. For more information on this topic, we found Stalking the Herd, Unraveling the Cattle Mutilation Mystery by Christopher O'Brien particularly helpful to our research. 
You can find all episodes of Conspiracy Theories and all other Spotify originals from ParCast for free on Spotify. Until then, remember, the truth isn't always the best story. And the official story isn't always the truth. Conspiracy Theories is a Spotify original from ParCast. Executive producers include Max and Ron Cutler. Sound design by Anthony Valsic, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Nick Johnson, Trent Williamson, Freddie Rivera, and Carly Madden. This episode of Conspiracy Theories was written by Drew Dougal, edited by Ben Caro and Lori Gottlieb, fact-checked by Bennett Logan, researched by Chelsea Wood, and produced by Bruce Kotovich. Conspiracy Theories stars Molly Brandenburg and Carter Roy. <laughs>